0: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Packers Chairman Emeritus Bob Harlan on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Good afternoon, Bob.
2: Good afternoon. How are you today?
1: Uh, doing all right. So how are you hanging in there with this whole safe at home thing and uh, everything that we're going on with this COVID-19 pandemic? How are you doing?
2: Well, I told my wife I was going to leave home today to make this call, and she said, good. So that tells you where I am.
3: <laughs> she wants you out of the house? That's what you're saying, Bob? I think,
1: I think she was pleased
2: I left for a while. Yeah, I do. <laughs>
3: And hey, you know, Bob, this is Gary Ellison. You know, Bob, and I think when you look at this, it's, it's been wearing on a lot of people, most certainly. If you look at all the sports that we're missing, you're talking about Major League Baseball, you're looking at the NBA, and but football really hasn't been affected by it yet because we have such a, a ways to go. What's your outlook on those?
2: Well, I, I have certainly missed sports. There's no doubt about it. I mean, to lose
3: the, the
2: NCAA tournament I thought was terrible and the, the Masters golf tournament and baseball. I, I, I also feel sorry for the Bucks. The Bucks were on their way to what could have been an NBA championship, and I'm not sure that's going to happen this year, and I think that's a shame for that fine organization. But um, I, I hope we'll get back to it, Gary. We may do it without fans, which I think is too bad because it takes away so much atmosphere from the game. But on the other hand, I do understand the safety concerns. And as I talk to people, uh, they're very concerned about going to a sporting event and sitting among 50 or 60,000 people. And I understand that. So it's uh, it's something that we've obviously never faced before, and it's causing everybody problems. Uh, I think you just have to sit back and deal with it and hope you're healthy and pray that your family is healthy and, and go on
4: from there. Just fight the best you can. Yeah, Bob, this is Leroy. I was one of the few people that I was nervous about them having the NFL draft, but for some reason it went off without a hitch, without a problem. I really enjoyed seeing the families and seeing all the GMs kind of make their decisions That was new for everybody. How was that for you, watching that whole thing come down, watching all the players and stuff like that?
2: Well, I found it quite interesting, Leroy. I really did. I got a kick out of seeing the people in their individual homes and everything. I thought the NFL did an outstanding job putting the program together and coming up with the idea. And It it showed the hunger people have for sports. I think between the NFL draft and what you're seeing now with uh, the last dance about Michael Jordan in Chicago – it shows that people just want something new and something active. and uh, they, they don't want to watch old-time games all the time. They want to see what's going on now. But now I think other leagues are starting to talk about the possibility of doing their drafts the very same way the NFL did, and I think that's very wise.
3: Yeah, one of the Do things I want maybe the- Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead, LaRoy. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Leroy. No
4: Oh, I was thinking about drafting a quarterback. That was one of the bigger things because what you did... Uh, which I thought was remarkable, uh, and me and Gary always talked about this, when you told Ron Wolfe, um, it's your show, you can do it, but tell me about the phone call you got when he said he wanted to select or uh, make a trade for Brett Favre, because um, a lot of people, I don't know if they know that particular story, but I guess he made a phone call said he was going to, Trey Brett for a first-round draft pick or something like that? It was a conversation about that?
2: Well, Gary, well, well, Leroy, what was so interesting about it is is really what, what the Packers are doing now is what we went through twice while I was there. And mm-hmm. both decisions turned out to be two of the best decisions in the history of the organization. So I don't, I don't think you might want to question something now, but I think you should sit back and let time go by and see where it is and what the future holds. You can't make a judgment on draft day. But Ron had just been in town a couple of months when he when he came to me one day, and he said, Bob, I want to make a trade for this quarterback from Atlanta. And he said, it's going to cost us a, a first-round draft choice. Are you okay with that? And I said, Ron, when I hired you, I told you that you had full and complete authority and control of the football operation. And I, I promised him there would never be any interference from either the board of directors or the executive committee. I said, you do what you want to do. And he went out and did it, and it turned out to be, I think, the best trade in the history of the Green Bay Packers and maybe one of the best trade, probably arguably one of the top five trades in the history of the NFL. But Ron was willing to do those things and and take chances. I mean, nobody thought we had a chance to get Mike Holman as a coach, but but Ron convinced him to come to Green Bay. And certainly no one thought we had a chance to sign Reggie White, and and Ron was able to do that, too. (laughs) But when we talk about angry mail, I got a lot of phone calls and a lot of letters following the Favre trade. People saying to me, who the heck is this Wolf guy you hired?
3: And what in the world is he
2: doing giving up a number one draft choice? And I understood the frustration of the fans. We we had other needs, and we we needed a number one draft choice and everything. But like I say, it turned out to be a, a monumental move. Now, when you turn around and see what happened to Aaron Rodgers, As you remember, Harold was expected to go either first or second in the draft, and and he he sat there and sat there and sat there. And I sit in the draft room every time we do this, and and, uh, Ted Thompson finally came over. We were drafting 24th in the first round, and Ted came over to me when we were on about number 18 or 19. He says, Bob, can we go in the hallway and talk for a minute? And I said, sure. So we go outside, and he says, if Rogers is there at 24, he said, I've got to take him. And he says, it, it's not going to be popular. We're going to get a lot of flack from it. But he says, i, I got to take the best guy on the board. That's what I owe this organization, and that's my philosophy, and that's the best guy. I said, Ted, I'll tell you the same thing I told Ron. It's your ball club to run. So Ted goes in, and, and all at once Aaron is there. We take him, and i cert right now there's 23 clubs in front of us that wish they had that choice over again. But it was so Violent, even in our building when it it happened. We had a a, a draft party down on the floor of the atrium and the fans started booing when the choice was announced. And it didn't bother Chad and it didn't bother Ron and I admired them for that. They they had the guts to go out and do what they felt was best for the Green Bay Packers and they were going to do it no matter what people thought of it. And we caught a lot of angry mail from, from the Rogers thing, but I think you could really sit back and say not only was Favre the best trade we ever made, but Aaron Rodgers might have been the the best first-round draft choice we ever made because one's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the other one will be there soon. And they were two brilliant moves that took a lot of courage to do it. But that's why we put football people in charge of our organization. You know, we, we wanted our, – our executive committee had controlled things for, for years and years. They were brilliant businessmen, very capable, very talented people. But they weren't football people. They weren't strong in football. And so we finally made the decision, we've got to get a football person in here, and I've got to get the board and the executive committee to, it's got to be hands-off. And, you know, as you look at the Packers from the outside, when you see a 45 board of directors, you get a little alarmed because it sounds like, boy, there's going to be a lot of interference trying to run that team. But fortunately, our board totally agreed with it. We had to make a change. We gone through 24 years of mediocrity. And those two men, I'll give Ron Wolf and Ted Thompson credit for making tough, tough decisions. And they did everything the way they felt was best for this organization.
3: And, and although, Bob, you look at the structure right now, it may be a little bit different, but you're talking about football people. Mark Murphy is a former player. I think a lot of people forgot that he's a former player because he's done so well on the business side of of what needs to happen at at 1265 Lombardi Avenue.
2: Well that's right and they've got great football people there. I've known Brian Gutekus for years. He's a very capable young man. Uh, He grew up in the Ron Wolf era and Ron trained him well and I used to sit with the scouts after I retired and I'd, I'd go and sit with the scouts on Sunday afternoon at football games and and I got to know Brian very, very well during that period of time. And and he did a great job. And they've, they've got good people in the front office. I mean, it, it's a very sound organization. And I, I just hope people don't jump too much on this decision. But time take its toll and see where we are with it. Could be turned out to be a brilliant decision. And I think the fans just owe it to, to the organization to know that they believe in capable people. They know these folks are going to make the right decisions and then let them go ahead and
1: proceed with those decisions. Talking with Bob Harlan, again, of the Green Bay Packers, Chairman Emeritus here on the Wendy's Big Show on the fan. You know, Bob, we've had you on uh, so much uh, over the course of time, never in my wildest dreams, that I think we'd be talking about another uh, quarterback situation uh, again with this organization. And we had a question uh, the other day uh, that we put out uh, to the Packer fans of, you know, let's say Jordan Love doesn't work out. Uh, was it still worth the gamble at the end of the day? Um, and, and I think most fans would say, no, of course not. You're just coming off an NFC Championship game. You're a game away from the Super Bowl, and you're playing for three or four years from now and, instead of playing for now. But Ron Wolfe was on uh, our station yesterday with Bill Michaels, and he talked about, obviously, the importance of that quarterback position, and you don't want to be on thin ice if you're not prepared. And you can look around the National Football League over the course of time with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and when that person retired um, or went somewhere else, that organization wasn't prepared. So when you look at this from a big-picture standpoint, it's really hard to criticize this regime for thinking ahead.
2: It's the key position it's becoming more important than ever. And I think that's proven by the fact that now a quarterback has almost become an endangered species. You, you can't hit them in the head. You can't hit them in the knees. They're going to play a long time. And we've been very fortunate. After the 24 years of mediocrity that we went through in the 70s and 80s, we've had 28 years of two quarterbacks. One's in the Hall of Fame, the other one's headed there. I hope people realize how fortunate we have been to have this key position covered by not only great quarterbacks, but two fine young men that you're proud to have represent your organization. And if your football people aren't willing to to look ahead and take a chance – As Ted told me when he used to make his draft choices, he said, Bob, we we might have needs at, at, let's say, cornerback right now. But he said, I don't want to go out and draft three cornerbacks just because that's where we're weak. I've got my responsibility is to build the entire team and prepare not for just now, but what's going to lie ahead in the future. And the choice of those two quarterbacks of Brett and Aaron certainly proved that that's a sound way to go. So, I, I just think you've got to be very patient and see what happens. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt tomorrow, who knows what's going to happen? So God forbid, let's let's, let's let the, this young man, let's let Jordan Love come in and see what he can do, and grow in the sport and grow in the league, and, and go from there.
3: You know, you talk about the structure of the organization. which you've been there for a long time, and you were there when I was there under the Forrest Greg. and. I, I think when we start talking about how it's set up i mean i think that was in contributes to you and how you had a vision on how this would be i, I think the only time we may have taken a step back was was that under mike um mike sherman, mike sherman. i think we went yeah we went back to that and then came back figured that that really wasn't the way to go
2: you know what okay inter- interesting story about that gary when um when when Ron Wolf retired, which shocked me that he would retire at the age he did, um, we we talked about possibilities of who could come in and replace him. And some of the things I worried about was that we we were coming off a, a very successful season. Brett Favre said it was the the best team chemistry he had ever seen since he'd been in Green Bay, and this is following two Super Bowl appearances. We had a young scouting staff that really wasn't ready to take over yet, but very capable, and I worried about if a new man came in, he might let all those young scouts go, and then we would suffer. And secondly, I worried if we brought somebody else in over Mike, he might take it well and and argue about the point. And so I did something that that I regret to this day that I did. I, I gave him both jobs, and I have to tell you that facing those same situations and considering those same things, I, I might do it again, but it was going against what I really wanted to do. But what I thought might happen is exactly what did happen. Mike Sherman, first of all, found out that the pressure was too much. He became a different person. He quit talking to people. He, uh, you'd pass him in the hallways at the football complex, and he wouldn't say hello to you. On uh, the practice field, or on the team airplane, going on trips, he wouldn't talk to anybody. And then when I went and told him that I was going to relieve him of the general manager duties and go after Ted Thompson, I hadn't even called Ted at that time, but I said, Mike, I owe it to you first to tell you what I plan to do and why. And I said, I want to make the change because it's affecting the kind of person you are. I think it's probably affecting your family life. And you're not helping this organization right now, and you're you're more capable than this. So we hired Ted. And Ted took a long time before he decided if he could continue to work with Mike. He studied him and studied him. Ted finally comes in to me late in, in August and says, Bob, I think this'll work. So we went ahead and did it. But I would go down to practice as Gary and, and I not to not to really watch the practice as much as I wanted to see how Ted and, and Mike were getting along. And, and it was a disaster. Uh Ted would be down there talking to him, and Mike would be looking off in the other direction like he didn't care. And so at the end of the year, Ted comes in to me and says, Bob, I've got to make a change. And I said, I'm not the least, bit surprised. go ahead, and we did. But that was a mistake I made, and I regret doing it. But like I say, there were things about the organization that I thought would be affected. Actually, like I said I, earlier, I thought if we brought somebody in new over Mike, he wouldn't take it well, and he didn't. And he knew Ted Thompson very well. I thought that would make it easier, but Mike just could not accept it. But uh, the record on the field wasn't that bad. But where we suffered was in the draft room.
3: You know, Bob, and, and still looking at the structure the way it sits right now, how do you feel about the structure where it sits right now with with Mark Murphy, Brian Gutenkunz, Lafleur, Russ Ball? I mean, it's still very similar to the structure that you that you put in place.
2: Yeah, it is, Gary. And, and you know, I, I really don't think it's fair for me to, to judge what the organization is doing now. That's It's their show, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't comment on it. The, the only thing I've always felt very strongly about after being here this is my 50th year, by the way, with this organization. Oh, my goodness. And the thing that, that, that always struck me when we were so, when we just couldn't get over the hump was, you know, we, we've got to change things in our football operation. We've got, we got to get this football person to. And I had my eye on Ron Wolf for years, never thinking that I would be in a position to hire him. But as soon as I got the job, I knew that's what we needed to do to to change this thing. So having the football people run it is great. Let the executive committee and the board of directors contribute in other ways, and they can. Uh, Like I say, they're very sound businessmen. I used my executive committee. I had two bankers on there. They helped me tremendously with finances and laying out spreadsheets and looking ahead and I'll tell you how bad we were before we got the stadium. In 1999, before we started to to redevelop Lambeau Field, uh, as we sat down and, and studied our finances, looking where player salaries were going to go the next four or five years and what kind of revenues we were going to be making during that time, uh, we determined by the year 2004 that we were going to have to borrow $10 million just to fund our operations. And if we'd reached that point, uh, there was no way we could have uh, kept an Aaron Rodgers or kept a Clay Matthews or other great players or gone after anybody in free agency. Lambeau Field simply wasn't providing that kind of finance. And the thing to remember is that after national TV, which is our best source of revenue, it always has been, the next best source is your stadium. And a stadium started to become popular in 1992, and the first one that did this was the Orioles of Camden Yards. If you build a stadium that <clears throat> that can make the revenue for you, you can compete. We're making 4 or $5 million a year in the old Lambo. And believe it or not, that was record finances for us at that time. That was record revenue. First year in the new stadium, we jumped up to $25 million. And it continues to grow to this day. But uh, I think the thing that really helped us is that we, we didn't just want a stadium. Uh, people could come in and take a tour. We could have added more seats and made more money that way. But we, we wanted a destination. We told the architects, we want people to come here, take a tour, come in, eat someplace, see the Hall of Fame, go to the pro shop, spend some time here. And we came up with the idea of Atrium, and we've had weddings and business seminars and High school proms, high school homecomings. There's something going on in that stadium all day long. And we got exactly what we wanted. And it it just truly turned us around as an organization financially.
1: He is Bob Harlan, Chairman Emeritus uh, with the Green Bay Packers. Bob, thanks so much for coming on. Like always, truly appreciate it. And uh, stay safe in all this stuff. Thanks, fellas. I enjoyed being with you very much. You you. betcha. Take care. There he is, Bob Harlan. Uh, of the Green Bay Packers on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion now grow in your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.